Hello and welcome to another episode of the Chiropractic Wide podcast. Today I am joined by the amazing Ellie Pennycook. Ellie has been an absolute pleasure to both work with but also to see her progression over the last couple of years and for me it's been super super exciting to see sort of the new generation of chiropractors coming through and the dedication that they give to the profession but also the hard work pays off and seeing the difference having practiced alongside of her in the way that she was communicating and understanding chiropractic just six months ago to now has been amazing and it's and she's certainly a chiropractor that I have a lot of lot of respect for and I'm really excited to see what the next couple of years and what longer than the next couple a lot of years yeah I hope so (laughs) yeah so Ellie thank you very much for joining us that's all right what an introduction wow it's all pretty truthful so don't don't worry about it how are things anyway yeah all good with me not much to it's changing at the moment but we're almost there the end of this crazy year yeah it's been a bit of a bizarre one so if someone is um for people that are home listening in just give yeah. us a little bit of an introduction about yourself where you're from where you studied all of that sort of stuff um so i studied in bournemouth in aecc i remember i remember looking at which choice i wanted to look at and at the beginning it was all pretty much decided because i wanted to be close to the beach but i'm glad i enjoyed it there um i then have been out practicing almost two years um, and I've just been in one clinic since then, uh, which I still uh, am at at the moment. And obviously that's where I met you when obviously you were locoming in that clinic and what when I got to learn about your course and everything else that you do. Cool, cool. So, well, let's go back to graduation, which I know wasn't a huge amount of time ago, but can you remember when you first started your, your first chiropractic job? And I know you ended up in an amazing clinic. but take us back to there like what were your your main emotions and feelings when you sort of stepped out of university and into the big bad world of of reality I think the main thing is nowhere did I think I was good enough I remember a group of friends who had got our new jobs and all ready to start people were starting at different dates I was just like oh crap what the hell am I doing I don't know how to adjust I don't really know what chiropractic is you know, these people are hiring me, but I just didn't feel good enough. And I think that's normal, but I, I thought everyone else just knew what they were doing. I didn't really have any idea. Because I think you get prepped for this safe kind of clinic that you're at at uni, and then you step out and it's, it's great. And you learn so much, but it's so different. And I was not ready for how steep that learning curve is at all. <laughs> I think it's something that so many people echo, right? When we first start, we have this idea that we know something, but then when you actually, you know, when shit hits the fan, you realize how much more there is. And I certainly still have moments now where I'm like, fuck, I need to know more about this or fuck, I need to. So I don't think it ever, ever changes. But for you, particularly having seen you grow so much and change so much within those first sort of, I think six months to 12 months that Mm -hmm. I knew you, what was like the main motivator for you? Because for people that are listening, Ellie certainly worked her ass off, studied a lot and reaped the rewards from it. But what was your individual, like your motivation for that? I think because the clinic I stepped into is open plan. So we adjust across three benches. We have an exam room where we do all the new patients, the ROFs and the check-ins with that separate room. But that environment was so different to 
you know, clinic where your appointments are half an hour. And the clinic I was stepping into is exactly is what I wanted in my mind. Like I, I wanted to be adjusting more and be good at that skill. But because it was so different, I think the main motivator was I was very aware that I didn't really know how to be a chiropractor in this environment. And I wanted to be good. You know, I, I think in anything, maybe a bit more, I'm quite competitive, but I don't like to be mediocre and stuff. And I wanted to be good. And then I was surrounded by these other chiropractors who in my eyes were really, really good as well. And they could communicate well. And they, I felt like they knew what chiropractic was to them. And I, I think I felt a bit inferior at that point when I was a bit unsure of myself. So my motivation was a bit of, I want to be good. And I probably didn't want to let the female side down because I was the only female chiropractor in the clinic. And I didn't want to, there to be this huge difference of this is what male chiropractors are like and this is females. I wanted to raise the game a bit more and, and just be better. So it's interesting hearing that because obviously as a, as a bloke, I never had that. And particularly my first job, I worked for a, a woman up in Newcastle who was just phenomenal chiropractor. Mm -hmm. So was that something like that gender sort of, I want to do it for the women or the, was there like a lack of role models or anything around that or? Yeah, I don't, from the time I knew what chiropractic was to me graduating, I have no recollection of really seeing a female chiropractor and being like, that chick's cool. Like, that's what I want to be like. I don't have that. No. I have a few experiences where I've seen or, or been part of when guys are doing that. And I'm like, that's cool. Like, that's what I want to be. But I feel like that's missing. And there's this weird difference that sometimes women have to be softer or just be different, more gentle, or, you know, maybe not be so certain. And now I think now I've looked into it. I know there's a, a load of group of women who are not like that, but I didn't get to experience that when I was learning. I, I, I wish I would have. It's interesting, isn't it? Because throughout chiropractic history, we have a massive impact that women have had on our profession from, you know, Paxton, the first uh, female graduate to, to get a license to Mabel Palmer yeah. to, you know, we see writings on, on the, uh, the stacks, the, the, the chimney smokes at uh, Palmer College saying votes for women and stuff like that. But within history, and particularly when I was studying or learning about chiropractic, it wasn't really front and center. No. And for me as a guy, when I reflect a lot of the, the people that I looked up to within the profession were all guys. Now, mm. for me, that was you know, probably easier because as a guy, you can, you know, what, what you can see, you can emulate. For you, is that something that we think we need to, moving forward, we really need to sort of change because I hate this idea that there are people graduating now that don't get to see how badass some of these women we are that we have in chiropractic and how, I mean, some, some women chiropractors, I'm so jealous of the manner and the energy that they can bring because it brings not only like that caring element, but just it's a, a different energetic level, I suppose. Sounds a bit cheesy to say it. Yeah, I think I wished I had a more, I was more open to that in, in university. I think that would have helped me most, both confidence-wise, because I remember especially adjusting, especially adjusting, because that's what they kind of focus on in university. 
I, I have these vivid memories of me and my friend, she's female with the same height, and we were joking about it last week that we have this six foot plus, a few of them kind of guys teaching us and there, and we were talking about side posture and we remember their quote, I was really struggling. He was just like, just put your weight into it. It's fine, just use your levers. And I was like, your arms are twice the length of mine. You are three times the weight of me. And it was just so frustrating that I'm just, and I just, I wish there was more female people that we could relate to and share where we're struggling because biologically there is a bit of a difference. And I think if we start off with better confidence when you're just graduating, that would have helped me, you know, learn even faster and not be scared that I have to do things differently because that's who I am, whether it's communication or adjusting. But I think, yeah, I think that was one of the main things that I wanted when I went into this new clinic to figure out how things work for me, not just how things work generically for everyone. Yeah. So we'll go back again. So you and I, I think we met roughly once you'd been out a little bit of time and we had some conversations. And I do actually remember one conversation where I was chatting about yeah. a guy called Andy Roberts and chatting about master or mediocre. Yeah. Which one are we going to be? And if we're going to be the master, what does it take to do that? So one of the things for yourself that we were chatting about is you felt that you didn't really understand like the why or chiropractic philosophy. Where, yeah. where did that come from? And then I suppose the next question is, how did you end up uh, wanting to, to take our, our 10 module course online and really understand a lot more about chiropractic? Well, I, the only, when I graduated, the only real kind of knowledge I had of anything philosophy wise, and I think it, I feel a bit embarrassed saying it now, but is that it was just this little bit of a history about how it started and then some books about it. But when I was in university, I'll be very open on that I didn't enjoy it. I didn't really care about it. I didn't understand why we were doing it. It felt irrelevant and I didn't enjoy it. So it was just an exam that was passed and done. And then the more I came out of that kind of university setting into real life and you know, chiropractic, you get exposed to different people and they talk about different things. And obviously with you meeting you and about what actually is it and what else is there really useful to learn about why we do what we do so we can help people better. And I remember obviously all the green books that are now up there, but then I started learning about them and what they are and what they do and what importance they have. And then I think I was probably just around looking, thinking about, I should probably look into it more. That's probably now I'm a bit more interested in it. And I have a direct use to how I can use that knowledge. And then I learned that you did a, a course, which I started looking into. And it, I remember you saying to me, actually, that I, all the stuff that was on your course, I could find it. I could find it online. I could find it on, you know, reading all the books, but if you want something that gives you that overarching, a bit more knowledge and understanding in lots of different areas and someone who you can talk to and ask questions, it was, it was exactly what I was looking for. I, was, I wanted to know more about why I'm doing, why I'm doing it to be able to help you better. And I ended up doing it and I don't look back. <laughs> well, so when I was, I was going through some of our emails and I think a bit later, we're going to chat about one of the pieces that you wrote for the course, yeah. which when I was, you know, even the, the first sort of draft that we did 
to even the last one mm. the change was huge but I remember reading that first one that you'd sent me yeah. and I had next to you sort of like your intake form where you were like this is what I know of chiropractic <laughs> not but much where it had gone was huge yeah. and hopefully we get t- time to delve into a couple of those looking at the yeah, 33 absolutely. principles but when you first started the course what were what some of the the main takeaways for you or what were the things that really had an impact not just on your thinking but on the way that you were practicing I think knowing the starting point of why they of why it all started and I think it was quite grounding if I'm honest because I think there's loads of other professions that are similar and I think they're great but I was very I always have a very open honest that I didn't want to be any other profession other than a chiropractor and that was for me that's what I want to do and that's how I wanted to practice and I think I always felt a bit wrong and a bit old-fashioned with that kind of thinking or you know it wasn't really maybe I should be a bit more modern and I should be able to do all these other things and offer all these other different services but it just wasn't what I wanted to do it wasn't true to how I wasn't, wasn't going to enjoy it so I think learning more about there is this key principles around just chiropractic and it's okay to just be practicing and into that I think that was one of the the biggest things and it gave me a bit more confidence because I actually learned why I was doing what I wanted to do so having worked alongside of you Mm. as like an observation one of the things that I saw change was just your general demeanor and communication with people not particularly like the scripted elements because you were always very very good at your first visit because you'd worked a lot hard on those scripts and put the Mm -hmm. time in but just hearing you interact with people in between checking and adjusting how much more comfortable you were explaining things and how much more grounded you were to say no actually this is the way that we're going to do it here if this is what you want I'm your guy yeah if you if you want something else that's awesome and good luck to you let's find you someone that can help you that was a huge difference for us so because in clinic they think anyone that is coming to you you've got to be the right person to help them and I think now I know when to say no I know when what I want how I want to help someone if someone's not looking for that why would I try and convince them and convince them and convince them rather than say look this is how I think you can help you. It's your choice. If you want to be on board and let's do this together, that's great. But I'm not about to change all my morals and principles and do all these things that you want me to do just because I'm a bit unsure on who I am and why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I think when you're communicating, like anything, when you're communicating anything, if you believe in, if you know it, it, come, it of course it comes off so differently and people breathe off that energy and they know when you're certain and they know when I think right in the beginning people were probably listening to me and thinking yeah sure okay I'm sure you know what you what you're on about but now I think it's completely different I really do believe in what I'm saying which has made all the difference it's a bit like when you get the phone call from like a sales you know like the random call that you pick up and you can tell that they're just reading off of a script and the difference between someone who is truly that truly understands what they're talking about but also a passion behind it because we all we all love to see people set on fire and excited by stuff. And that level of understanding for me certainly brings a lot more passion because I'm very clear about what I can offer 
and this is what I'm really good at and this is how I can help. But also, you know, if there's something else that you want, then that's cool, but that's not going to be me. And I'm yeah. more than happy to help you find the right person. But when I knew exactly what it was that I could offer and how important that was to people and why that was important, my communication became a lot easier and a lot more, I don't want to use the word congruent, but more natural, I suppose. It came from a place of, of comfort and I didn't, didn't feel like I had to preach it because I, I know this, right? Yeah. This is logical. I've gone, I've sat down and I've worked through the logical steps of the chiropractic thought process. So I'm quite comfortable chatting about it. Yeah. That was and a big yeah, and the importance of knowing it, then people just, they realize that if it's really what they want, they'll do it and they'll be on board and you'll be a team generally together and you end up less friction and you end up, I th honestly think I, I ended up with a nicer group of people and collective that I'm serving now because we're way more in line and I'm not having all these issues where I don't know how to communicate people why I'm seeing them two or three times a week you know it's not just like oh it's because that's what the script says or that's what someone says it's good or something like you know it's I'm really can communicate why and why that's important perfect so I'm gonna embarrass you a little bit here no no I, of, I was <laughs> flicking through um some of our messages and emails yeah. and one of the ones one of the ones that you said is uh this was after one of our calls where I think we were going through maybe um, the paradigms of chiropractic or something yeah. like that. You said, I learned more in two hours than I've done in four years at uni. Seriously, it was really beneficial. I feel more comfortable and happier in practice. Yeah. The only thing I remember from university philosophy is two guys with pretty impressive beards. That is my recollection of it. And then the rest of it, I just learned for the exam. And I've moved on and I, I don't remember anything. Well, then it's pretty easy to learn a bit more when we spend a lot more time reading into it. So if I, if we go back to going through the course, was there one module for you or, so if people are listening, the course that Ellie went through is our online course that we have, allows you to study from home and we take you through 10 different modules um, explaining pretty much uh, the chiropractic thought process, understanding principles, understanding those original thought processes and we break that up pretty easy and, and sort of bite size and hold your hand as you go through it but for you Ellie was there one that really stuck out that were like mm, I, uh, the principles one the principles I think that's the bit of the philosophy that's more mainstream than anything so I had a bit aware of it and it was on the tvs in our clinic at the, at, at the time so I was like well god I probably should know what this is about is because I started to learn the, the few kind of snippets that I had learned about communication, I started learning really why they became a thing and how we can use what chiropractic is, which is essentially these principles and make them modern. And that really resonated with me because we've essentially got this, you know, um, template for how we can communicate it to people. But I sure as I was not using it at all and I was just trying to wing it. I think when I, I obviously got so interested in it, it resonated, which is then why I went on to writing that bit about it and talking about it more. Cool. So if we said, um, and we're going to go into this amazing piece that you wrote on, on the principles, looking at the principles individually and writing a way that we can communicate them to everybody, you know, 
Desperate Dan or Standard Sue in the street mm -hmm. to explain it to them. If we said from where you started, where were you to now? What, what was the difference? So like, where were you in your understanding of, of the principles compared to now? At the start, I knew there was 33 and I knew that one of them was about time. And I knew that there was some other stuff about how the body self heals. And that, honestly, my, my knowledge was pretty basic because I hadn't really looked into it at all. And then compared to now, and it's not that I think I'm, a, I'm an expert, but I have a lot of, a, I would say, deeper knowledge of generally what they are and what they're about. But more importantly, how I can use them to really talk about chiropractic to, like you're saying, Jane, Susan, Mike, who I'm actually serving in that very applicable way. Like I can actually use it, not just in, like you're saying, that slightly older type language, which if I said that to them, then I have no idea what I was talking about. So it so, is very useful, a useful tool. So why did you... Why did you, uh, sorry, so if, if people are listening, one of the things that we do on the course is through the course, we ask people that are on it to pick a subject that they either don't, that they want to learn more about or that has challenged them or they're interested in to write a little piece about them and effectively put down on paper what your thoughts are on that to sort of um, spend a bit more time reading around something and thinking about something in a bit more depth and then getting your thoughts down on paper. Why did you choose the 33 principles? In fact, before we do that, explain yeah. what it was that you came up with and sure. then why you, why you ended up, sure. you know what I mean. Yeah, so I wanted to, so the bit that I was writing about was about 33 principles because you're, the module that you were saying, I got you're really, really interested in, but I was still really struggling about, I could read it and I could digest it, but I still couldn't really get out in my own words how to explain it. And I was like, well, I've got this opportunity. I will, I'll work with Donnie and I'll try and do that. So I can, so I can use it because I'm sure like lots of people, when you do more courses and modules, you don't just want to do something and then not be able to apply it. So this was me obviously trying to make sure that I could apply it. So I looked at the 33 principles and in a very kind of basic term, I tried to write down one sentence per principle, how I would relay that to anyone that was on the bench in front of me. Nice. So then you ended up with, and we kind of said this, 33 things that you could chat about. Yeah. So now for the first 33 visits, you've always got something that you Done. can talk about. And we kind of chat about this, less cat chats, more Cairo chats. Yeah, absolutely. So what we'll do then is for people at home is we'll go through one or two of these and um, look at the way that you change some of the words and maybe just uh, having a bit more understanding so we can sort of reflect on where it came from uh, in the original sort of writing and you're then you're changing your understanding into to where you ended up and some of these I mean we chatted earlier I really want to push you to to get this out there because I think it would have a real great impact yeah. for people that are, at times can be a bit scared by the by the 33 principles yeah, because it can seem a lot, especially if you read it in the original um, writing, it can go way over your head. Perfect. So what we'll do, one of the ones that I really like chatting about is... I know, I know which one you're going to choose. Really? I, I was going to go left field first. Oh, really? Then, oh, all right. 
the one of the one of the ones that I really like is the triune of life. So principle four: life is a triunity having three necessary united factors, namely intelligence, force, and matter. Now, when we first started, well, when you first started to really study chiropractic, I know that those terms were yeah. a little bit left field, and we kind of broke them down individually to end yeah. up where you were. So the the definite the, well, the explanation that you came up with was. To have an end product, you need the information, intelligence, material, uh, material for it to be created, matter, and the manpower to make things happen, force. They work together, and each is critical to the outcome. So in your own words, outside of that, why, when we're looking at the, the throne of life, why do you think that's important that we can explain that to people? I think the main thing, and probably how I use it most, is that when you're looking at anything and this includes the human body is that you have this kind of connection and you have the network between different things and to make anything work the best they have to be able to work together they complement each other and they're essential to each other for you to be working at that whole and be working at the best and nothing can work without those parts the way that you describe it as well in a lot of this stuff I think often when we study the 33 principles and philosophy as general, we forget that the language that it was used was applicable for the time in that it was written. Mm -hmm. So if we're looking early sort of 1900s, 1905, 1927, when, when the principles get published, the language of that time often isn't really that easy to get hold of. In the same way that if I was to read Shakespeare, the language that was used of that time is slightly different. Yeah. So some of these ones that you you looked into you managed to find some sort of analogies or or different ways of explaining it is there anyone that you wanted to, to chat about i think the what if i had to pick one that i probably wish i'd known right at the beginning it probably wouldn't principle 33 about subluxations and how you really, if you want to go into that, and if you want to explain that as two people, how, how do you do it? How can you give either just a really snippet of information if that's what you want to do, or if someone wants some more information and you want to share that, how can you then expand it even more? I think that one was probably one that I wished I'd understood it a lot earlier. Which is kind of bizarre now as chiropractors, the main thing that, that we deal with is vertebral subluxation. But yet when we leave college, a lot of people aren't very comfortable using it. I mean, when I was at college, the word was banned. And I remember in my first job, I would almost be like vertebral subluxation. Yeah. Like I had this like internal thing that had been built in me of like, oh, kind of, you shouldn't say that. Can't use it. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, don't say that. No, you're, you're one of those guys if, if you want to use it and that, they're not real. Yeah. And well, we I remember really being called into the, uh, at the time, the head of the clinic and he was like, oh, so I hear you're going to the dark side. I said, what? He's like, yeah, so you're going to be one of those vertebral subluxation people. Oh, yeah. There's always some of them. But especially in clinic, you don't realise that people have such really hard opinions on it and you just want to learn and you're just, I remember just, you know, you just go around and you just asking the first time I heard it, you know, oh, what is this? What is this? And you just get shut down and tutors don't want to talk about it. And yeah, so I, I had no idea. I was like, oh, well, I don't need to know what that is. And I don't know how to explain it. So. So another one that we sort of debated about a couple of times, and I think we came up with a couple of different analogies, like mm -hmm. um, 
the conductor and like an army um, commander is principle 32 chatting about the principle of coordination so coordination is the principle of harmonious action of all of the parts of an organism in fulfilling their offices and purposes and i know that those words purposes and offices we kind of spent a bit of time really looking at the language of the day but where explain to us where you ended up with a nice explanation for that and and how you use that within practice now and the benefit that's given you I think, the, and I'll, I'll read it, I do not know off the top of my head, but the main, the first sentence, which I said was to reach their maximal potential, all parts of a whole must work together, you know, like players of a team. And I use that because being in sport or everyone knows what it is versus, you know, being a player, you are a part of a whole team. And when you're looking at anything, whether that's a team or your body to reach the maximum potential it can be, it's such an easy analogy for you to go to someone for your whole body to be working you know together really really well everything's got to be doing its best and coordinate and work together to reach that you see people and they're like oh yeah that makes sense so this is why you've got shoulder pain I'm not just going to touch your shoulder I'm going to check your mid-back I'm going to take your cervical spine I'm going to check your neck and it's they start to understand what you're doing rather than just am I in pain am I not and that idea of coordination is something that you've sort of, you extended onto chatting about cogs. And I really like that analogy. Yeah. Wish. But also one of the analogies that I, for some reason I can't seem to find it here is we were chatting about um, like the orchestra and strings and stuff and harmony. Was that the music and speech? Yeah. I think that's the one I thought you were going to talk about, you know. Um, I can't remember which one that was now. I think it was, I can't remember. Well, I remember having chatting in different ways about it. So sort of saying that when we're in an orchestra, if all of the, you know, you've got the string sections, you've got the the trombones, the wind or whatever they call it, shows how musical I am. Um, Great terminology there. Whoever's musical, they're probably turning you know, slating me off here, but without that conductor, sure, you can have the world's best, you know, saxophone player, you can have the world's best percussionist, but if they're not going to work together for harmonious action, we're not going to have that beautiful thing that is an amazing piece of music. We're just going to have one thing shining on its own and then relating that to the body about all of these things need to work together to create, to deal with the stresses that we have within life and that the body needs to adapt to for full health. Yeah, and I also think it's really important how for you, that sticks to your mind maybe a bit more about music. And for me, it sticks in my mind a bit more about playing and, and teams. And by having those different versions, you can think, okay, this person in front of me, what are they gonna to relate to a lot more than you know, just picking what I like to explain it as. I remember the, the, one of probably my biggest faux pas I've probably done in when I was doing a report of findings, I was talking to the body about um, and talking about structure takes time. It's like going to the dentist and this middle-aged guy in front of me just went, I've never been to the dentist. And I honestly, I was like stopped in my tracks and I was like, I don't have another analogy. This is just what I've learned. And I was like, Oh, I like you, but you know, you know, back to the dentist. And he was like, stop talking to me about the dentist. I don't know what you're talking about. And I remember that because it just threw me because I didn't really try and understand what he was going to appreciate. It was just the analogy that suited me. 
But I think if you have different versions of it, you can adapt it to what they're going to understand. There's a really, really powerful point there that you say for people because one of the things that we chatted about a lot is that communication isn't what is said, it's what is heard. Yeah. And often if we don't put ourselves in that person's shoes, we can talk over them, but we're never really talking with them. So understanding, look, maybe a guy's coming in that's a builder, it's going to be a lot easier for me to chat about structure and the effect on function that is. But then if I'm dealing with, you know, some lady who builds websites or the internet, then maybe I need to change my analogies yeah. and use that sort of stuff. And often when we, not often, when we have a greater knowledge of, of chiropractic, one of the most powerful things is you see chiropractic analogies everywhere. And there's so many ways that we can relate chiropractic to people. But unless we have that deep understanding of ourselves, sure, we can all learn a couple of different of analogies and scripts, which I'm all for because I think it gives you an amazing place to start. Mm-hmm. And like, like I've said before, you know, if I'm going for a cup final at football or rugby, I'm going to have my set, you know, I know what my tactics are. Yeah. I know what we're going to try and do. Now, of course, that might adapt on the pitch. But when we under pressure in those situations that you kind of say like, nope, I've never been to the dentist. That's when really like we have to boil back to what exactly is it that I know about chiropractic and how can I adapt it? And I think you're right. Any communication, especially when you're in a profession which serve and care for people, communicating in a way that is very genuine to you. I think the tone, even if you're the best script learner ever, the tone, how you how I would explain to you something that I generally care about and believe in is so, so different to something that I've just learned. And I think people pick up on that and it, it changes how you fully interact with people. And they, 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 people can call a script off. You know, as soon, as soon as you start talking off a script in your head, people know. So I think it's important for people to, for chiropractors to have an opinion, whatever your opinion, have a bit more of an opinion of what you believe and why are you doing it, not just because that was what someone told you to do. Yeah. So we've chatted quite a bit about communication and the effect that understanding chiropractic philosophy had on that. But was there any other aspects of practice that it really had an impact on for you? Probably inadvertently my adjusting because, yeah, the more I was becoming confident in why I was there and what I was doing, I, I definitely, alongside with working hard on being a better adjuster, but my, my confidence just grew because I started to get a bit more of certainty of why I was doing it. And once you understand that, I think I was enjoying it a bit more because I didn't feel so uncertain and any kind of learning that you're trying to do any skills, I think they just thrive under that. So I think I definitely got a better adjuster because I was just in a better environment for myself. Yeah. Clarity is something that a lot of people chat about. And yeah. I think for me, clarity gave me a lot more joy within practice. I really found it a lot more fun because I didn't feel, you know, this imposter syndrome of pretending to play off somebody else's knowledge as my own. I felt like I could explain things in a better level and and communicate them as I would, you know, as if I was talking to somebody in the pub. Yeah. I know it's obviously not quite the, the clinical situation, but you know, that ability to chat as if it's something really important for you, because it is for a lot of us. 
and and that passion and clarity just brings a lot of joy and like you said it's always a lot more fun serving people that want the same things that you want for them and it becomes less of a struggle and and you know patient management can become a lot easier and all of this stuff so in reflection if um if there's somebody listening and thinking about studying chiropractic philosophy, mm-hmm. whether that be through our course or, or any other course out there, what would you say to them? I would say that I'm probably, and not probably, there's definitely going to be people that have graduated and have been like me. And I probably was a bit embarrassed in the beginning. I think even when I started your course, as I probably even have met you a bit before, but I probably was a bit embarrassed. I, was like, I know so little and I felt a bit that I should have known more, especially as a chiropractor. But I think having that awareness that you don't know it is really, really important. And I think I think I found about with your course is that there's no such thing as a silly question or, or you know, an uncertainty. It's just look into it. And I'd recommend your course because it's all there. Everyone's busy. You can look it online, but I tried a few things, but and it's just confusing. It's confusing. So find a source where look into it and I think the most important thing is just get a bit of an opinion it doesn't have to be the same opinion as the person sitting next to you but if you have a bit of opinion and a bit of knowledge it can open up so many other I think probably other richer parts of chiropractic that I probably would have lost out on if I hadn't looked into something that I had no idea what it was about awesome well I think that is a lovely lovely note to end on unless there was something that we haven't mentioned that you wanted to chat about? I don't think so. I think I've kind of covered all the main points. I'd recommend it. I'd recommend it to anyone. Well, thank you very much. It's very kind. So um, if there are people that are listening that would just like to get in touch with you and maybe um, chat about some stuff or maybe just reach out and and speak with a like-minded chiropractor, what's the best way for them to do that? I would probably say either Facebook, Ellie Pennycook or on Instagram, which I'm sure when you do some things, you'll tag me in. But I think absolutely, I would encourage anyone just to have a conversation, ask questions, because I've got so much more to learn. But I think doing the same with you has, yeah, it's beyond useful. Awesome. Thank you very much. Um, Guys, if you are listening at home, please, please, if you've got questions for Ellie, reach out. She is a rock star um, and I'm sure she'll be able to help you lots. Uh, Make sure you're following us, like we said before, on social media. So that's the chiropractic why on both Facebook and Instagram. And if you are listening to this and you've had some value about it, please do tag it on, uh, take a, take a screenshot, put it on your stories, tag some people in it. Cause the more that we can get listening and chatting about chiropractic philosophy, I'm certain that this profession can move forward at a quicker pace. Ellie, you're a rock star. I always love chatting to you. Thank you very much. Well, you're very welcome. <laughs> Keep on going on people. <laughs>